visiting or newer. What is magnificent? That is the name of our building. And, uh, you know, we've endeavored to follow God's instruction. And actually, uh, the, the buying of this building, you've heard the story. I really didn't want to buy the building because it was an old building. This building was built in 1853. Something like that. And, uh, you know, when, when I first walked in, it had the smell of church death in it. You know, I, I travel I traveled churches all over the United States. If you smell that smell, it's the smell of a dying church. And, of course, it, it dwindled down to just a few members of the, the Baptist church. And everywhere it smelled with death and, and things. You know, it, it just needed a, a big overhaul. And so other folks were excited, and they showed me this building. and said, uh-uh. Don't want it. Don't want to go there. Don't want to touch it. That's not my style. No way are we going to buy that church building. But then I went to bed that night. And in the nighttime, the Lord dealt with me. Wouldn't let me go to sleep. And so he said, I want to have a chit-chat. I said, yes, sir. And so we had chit-chat. And he said, I want you to buy that building. I said, oh, really? (laughs) That building? And and he he gave me everything I told him that the reason we shouldn't. He gave me his reasons why we should. And guess what? All of his reasons panned out. You know, I needed help with my thinking on the building. And, uh, you know, I don't want to go into a long story. I was was going to tear everything out and and, uh, do something. But God gave us specific instructions the first time is just to restore it. Then then we had a little campfire. And then, uh, you know... We renovated and got to renovate it more to, to our liking. And so it's so important to follow God's plan. And the reason I say all this, buying this building is in the will of God. Renovating the building, what we did, is in the will of God. Uh, Jesus told Brother Hagen that he fully expects uh, all of his children to meet in the best building in town. And so we've endeavored to, to measure everything we did uh, with excellence. And so, you know, excellence costs. And so uh, I think uh, it's three to four million dollars went in this building. And of course it tells. And we're so thrilled and so grateful. But we still owe uh, over a million dollars on it. And so how many you know when, when God guides, He supplies and uh, we're looking in the series that many times we miss our supply because we're thinking wrong or we're believing wrong or we're not, think- we're not believing for anything. And so uh, I, I really feel it strong in my heart that we, we need to be applying our, our faith, our confession, and, and our thoughts to get this thing paid off. And, uh, you know, of course, once we get the building paid off, we can start uh, doing a whole lot of other things. And so God... God has a supernatural supply. And so in the series, whether it's personal or whether it's as a congregation, uh, we're we're seeing the importance of thinking right, believing right, in order that we might have the right thing. Because if we're not thinking right about certain things, if if we don't think right, then our our believing will be off. And if we we believe wrong, our receiving will be wrong. And so that brings us to our golden text, Matthew chapter 17 starting with verse 24 and when they were come to Capernaum that's Jesus and his disciples they that received the tribute money that means the tax collectors came to Peter and said 
doth not your master pay tribute? And he said, Peter said, yes, yes he does. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him or Jesus stopped him and saying, what thinkest thou, Simon? And so here we see that uh, everyday event, he's just walking the marketplace, uh, the, the, the tax collectors, it's more like a, it'd be like our toll booths. And you know, you cannot pass unless you pay. Uh, now we have everything electronic, but the old time toll booths, you know, with the arms, you can't go through and that type of thing. And so here, asking Peter, the tax collectors, toll collectors, Peter, does your master, does your teacher pay taxes? He said, oh yeah, oh yeah, we're above board. He, he does everything right. But evidently, as he was coming to the house, he was thinking on something. Now, what he's thinking on, I don't know. It doesn't say. But Jesus addressed his thinking. That means it was important uh, to Jesus that he thought right. If he, he wasn't thinking right, Jesus was correcting his thinking. And so he says, Simon, what are you thinking of, and then he goes on, of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute or taxes of their own children or of strangers? And Peter said unto him, of strangers. And Jesus said unto him, then the children are free, notwithstanding, lest we should offend them. Go to the sea, and cast in a hook, take up the fish that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened the mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money Take it and give it unto them for me and for thee. So here in the story, in this account, we see a supernatural supply. Uh, you know, I, I've been fishing. You know, I've fished a lot when I was a kid. I haven't really done much fishing in the last oh, 10 years or so. But, you know, I've done my fair share of fishing. I have never found money in the fish's mouth. Okay, well now I'm just a witness of one person. Now how many here that want fishing in Lake Erie or some pond or some lake and when you caught that fish, there was a $100 bill in there. There was a coin in there. Anybody raise your hand real high. So we'll have you come and testify before the world. Okay. Alright, for those of you watching, we, we have a congregation here I, I've never had that happen. These people have never had it happen. So we, we can honestly say that is not natural. That is supernatural. A supernatural supply. Now why is this account in the Bible? The book of John says everything that is written in the Bible, this Bible, is written for a purpose that we may know certain things and that we may believe certain things. There's no fillers in the Bible. There's no unneeded, unnecessary, unimportant stories or accounts. And so the Holy Ghost felt it important to include this story of the paying of the tax money. Uh, and so no doubt the Holy Ghost wanted us to learn some things. And so, you know, we can look at it and say that's great and wonderful, but there's something he wants us to learn here. And uh, it all stems with an everyday account that Peter's in the marketplace and he gets asked about taxes. And then when he goes to Jesus, 
Jesus knows he's thinking on something. And uh, how many know we're all thinking on something? I'm sure all the disciples were thinking on something. But it was so important to Jesus that he straightened out what Peter was thinking on. And notice this, that once Jesus got Peter's thinking straightened out, evidently about the whole situation, paying taxes, how we're going to take care of the tax money and so forth, or maybe what he's thinking about the tax collectors, it, it doesn't say. But once Jesus got his thinking straightened out, what happened? A supernatural supply came. So we're looking at that and seeing that very often we need our thinking straightened out. And if we're thinking wrong about supply, if we're thinking wrong about needs, if we're thinking wrong about the economy, if we're thinking wrong about inflation, if we're thinking wrong about the price of things, then our believing is going to be wrong. And if our believing is wrong, I received me wrong. So once Jesus got Peter's thinking straightened out, God was able to move supernaturally. And I believe this is one of the reasons, no doubt many reasons, why the Holy Ghost selected this account. And so God wants to bring a supernatural supply. And that's what we're teaching on this. If you're going and say, oh my God, Look at the gas prices, oh, I'll never, you know, all my money goes, you know. And there's, there's a lot of memes nowadays that, that say, you know, I took my wife to someplace expensive, then he went to the gas station, you know, for Mother's Day, you know, that type of thing. But if you think that way, you'll believe that way, and that will cut off God's supernatural supply. And, and we know that, we understand Without faith, it's impossible to please them. Everything we receive from God is through the vehicle of faith. And if our thinking is wrong, our believing is wrong, it cuts out faith in our life for God to do something wonderful and bring a full supply. And this applies to all the areas of our life. And in this account, we also learn some things that we can fine-tune our thinking. This this need that Peter had wasn't a very big need. Uh, notice Jesus said, go and uh, fishing and just pick out the coin that was in the fish's mouth. So evidently just one coin paid taxes for Jesus and Peter. You know, it wasn't the whole treasury. It, it wasn't, you know... Just keep on pulling coins out until you, you have, you know, hundreds or thousands of them. No, just, just one coin. And very, pro, I, I'm positive, you know, studying the ministry of Jesus, they had the money. You know, if you study, Jesus was not poor, contrary to religious belief. No, that, I mean, we could spend a whole, a whole morning on that. Even if Mary and Joseph were poor to start with, once they had, gave birth to Jesus, they were very wealthy. They had kings, wise men from the east, travel across, across country, and they presented to him not treasure, treasures. And he studied out the chests. They gave him chests of gold, chests of frankincense, chests of myrrh, multiple chests. And so it funded their trip to Egypt. Imagine this for... for 
oh, I don't know how long, going on vacation and having all the money for, for years and years on vacation. They had the money. So there was always, Jesus always had a full supply. And if you study uh, Jesus, you know, he, he wore the best robe. I mean, people wanted to gamble over his clothes. So don't dare cut it. I mean, that, that garment, that, that, is, that is top notch. And uh, there was a supply wherever Jesus went. So Jesus was not poor. And uh, Jesus had enough money on him because he had a staff of 12 people. He fed them. He traveled and, and took care of expenses of 12 people. He had a treasurer that stole from the treasury. How I many know if you have $4, you don't need a treasurer? How I many if you have $4 and $1 is missing, you're going to notice it's missing? You know, everyone to say, hey, there was $4, there's only three. Judas, what have you been doing with the money? But there was so much money, you know, that how I many know if you have thousands of dollars, you'll miss a 20 here. You'll miss, you know, $15 here. No one's going to notice. You, you, you can fudge the numbers. And so, no doubt, there, there was plenty of money to pay that. And see, what we do is we, we have a default mode. That whenever a need comes, you know what our default mode is? We go to our checking account. We, we go to our stash, what is on hand. And there's nothing wrong with that. Thank God for it. But if that is your default mode, you're never going to get a coin out of a fish's mouth. Because you're thinking that God's only going to supply my need by what I have on hand. God is a supernatural God. God, God wants you to go fishing at times. You, you take the story of Elijah, that God brought ravens to feed them every morning and every evening for months and months. We don't know how long. But if you're on default mode and say, well, I, I don't have any money, or, or, or I'm going to have to do this, I've got to figure out where my supply comes. And if you think that way, you're going to operate that way, and you're going to shut off the supernatural supply of God. So in these days... God wants to supply our need. And it's all right if you have a default mode. And normally we all operate by default modes. But when a need comes, God says he wants to supply all of them. And we, we must be open to the Lord. Say, Lord, you know, I, I could pay this off. I have this. Or I could sell this or so forth. Lord, how would you like to supply my need? You supply all of my needs. You, you see why that's important to change your thinking? Because if you don't allow that, then God is shut off. Then you're just stuck with your default mode. You're stuck with what you have. That There's going to be no ravens that will come to you. There's going to be no coins in fish's mouth. And so God, God has unlimited ways uh, to supply, but we've got to think right. And so this brings us to this thought. Let's go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 6. We're doing a little review because we always have newer people with us. We're always adding to our review. It is crucial to think right when it comes to money, when it comes to need, when it comes to supply. You know, um, 
Peter was thinking wrong and had to be corrected in order for God to do something amazing in Peter's life. Now we're going to see this again in the book of Matthew chapter 6. Starting with verse 25. And these are the words of Jesus. Therefore I, Jesus, say unto you, you and I, take no thought for your life. What you shall eat, what you shall drink, or for your body, what you shall put on, is not life more than meat and body than raiment? Behold, or look at the fowls of the air, they sow not, neither do they reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubic to his stature? And why take thought for raiment or clothes? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, tomorrow's cast in heaven, shall he not much clothe you, O little faith? So there's a faith element to supply. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherein shall we be clothed? For all of these things do the Gentiles seek, and your heavenly Father knoweth you need all of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take, therefore, no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take sufficient thought of things of itself. Sufficient is the day the evil thereof. So we can readily see in these verses, Jesus is talking about God supplying our needs. All of them. And he's talking about daily needs. Necessities of life. What you're going to eat, where you're going to wear, you know, where, where you're going to live, all of these things. And he gives this example. Look at the birds, look at the lilies. God, God knows all the birds, not one of them falls to the ground without your heavenly Father knows them, knows, knows it. The numbers of our hair are numbered by God. And, and, and Jesus is saying, if God takes care of birds, that there's always a supply for a bird. How much more will he always have a supply for you? So he, he, he's drilling. There's a supply from God. Every little need you have. My God should supply all of them. Big needs, little needs, in between needs. And so he, he's, he's drilling them. There's a supply. God feeds the birds. You're, you're much better than a bird. God is going to feed. He's going to supply you. And, you know, clothes, if your thing is clothes, look at the lilies. Aren't they gorgeous? Aren't they beautiful? Aren't they just magnificent? Even Solomon could not dress as good as a lily. And if, if God does that for all the flowers and makes them beautiful, God says, I'll make you beautiful. I love you more than the lilies. So Jesus is conveying, God is a God of supply. God is a God of care. And there's plenty there for all of us. But what was the key for us getting into the supply? Now, we made reference. He did say, oh, you of little faith, right? We, we know faith is always an element and received from God. And so if you don't believe God will do it, God, God won't do it because he always uh, flows through the vehicle of faith. 
But something as I was studying this, and honestly, I wasn't smart enough to, to think of this. As I was studying this, as the Holy Ghost said to me, notice how many times I talk about your thinking. Mm, uh, okay. Okay, and, and so, so I, I looked at that. And so you might think, well, my pastor, he studies. You know, no, the whole, everything I get, the Holy Ghost has to give me. I'm not very smart on myself here. But notice, let's go through this. Verse 25, take no what? Thought for your life. So he dresses their thinking about their needs. And so verse 25, take no thought. Then verse 27, which of you by taking thought can add one cubic to stature? That's two. And verse 28, and why take thought for clothes? That's three. And then verse 31, take no thought saying. That's four. And you think we, we get it by four times. He said, watch what you're thinking on. You've got to think right about these things. Then verse 34, number five, take no thought for the morrow. Can you see that? Jesus, talking about supply, says, in order for you to have that supply, God has it, and He'll feed, He'll clothe, He'll take care of you, but you have to think right about your needs. You have to think right about the supply. And of course, we understand this, we've been saying all along, if we think wrong, what? We're going to believe wrong. And that's why Jesus is addressing thinking. Because if you get your thinking right, your believing will be right. And so, we, especially in these days, have to think right about supply. No matter what is going out in the world, it may get worse. I don't know. We know that before the coming of the Lord, things will get worse. And it seems like we're going that way. Regardless of what goes out there, we, we need to be focused up here. We need to be focused in the Word of God. We need to be thinking right about everything that comes upon the face of the earth. Everything that pertains to our needs and our supply in our life. And so, according to these passages, we see the importance of thinking right. Thinking like God thinks concerning supply. And so, um, Isaiah 55. Go ahead and turn there. Isaiah 55. And go ahead and put it on the overhead screen. We must think right. And we must be willing concerning needs and supply we must be willing to forsake our natural way of thinking in order to embrace God's divine way of meeting our needs. We're going to have to break our default button. Everything, well, no, I don't have it. I can't afford that. Can't do this. We don't have enough. You know, I, I've only budgeted. I'm on a fixed income, as Dr. Dufresne used to say, who fixed it? You fixed it by your words. And so, we, we have to, you know, that's part of the call of renewing our minds. Not only to, to renew our minds that we're righteous, we're children of God, uh, but we need to renew our minds about God's wanting to supply our needs and how God wants to supply our needs. And how, how, what level does God want us to live on based in the Bible? Now, notice Isaiah 55, 
In verse 8. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Stop right there. Why did Jesus say, Peter, what you thinking on, son? Because Peter's thoughts were not Jesus' thoughts. In Matthew chapter 6, five times, Jesus said, watch your thoughts. You're, You're thinking wrong. And so God here is saying, my thoughts are not your thoughts. And I I hate to break it to you, you may have a brilliant mind. You may be as sharp as a pencil. But your thoughts are not God's thoughts. You know, when I was growing up, maybe some of you remember this commercial, it would be on the radio, that it it would say, uh, uh, it was some fund and said, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. How many remember that? Remember that? Yeah, I remember just driving after some on the radio commercial. You know, I have a saying, a mind is a terrible place to live. Here. Yes, I am promoting getting out of your mind. Yes, right here. Because you know what your mind is? It's a default of how to handle things. What can God can do? How how, is this going to be handled? Default. And you have to understand this. God don't think like you. And part of the renewing of the mind is being willing to, I've thought this way for so long about things. And these are my thoughts. I need to embrace God's thoughts. And so God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. And that's why I refuse to live in my head. I refuse to think about things. Why? Because when you think about things, those are your thoughts. They're not God's thoughts. That's why you need to get renewed your mind and and say, what does God think about that? What's God think about my body? What's God think about my supply? What's God think about that person that my mind wants to? Hasta vista, baby. Yeah. In every area of our life. So my thoughts are not your thoughts. And get this. My ways, the way I would do things, the way I handle things, guess what? Big revelation. It's not how you're going to do it. You know, if we were Peter, and we need to, to pay the toll, the tax, you know what we would do? We'd go immediately, go through the couches, go, go, go into the, the coin box. We, we would immediately... Figure out how that need is going to be met. And that's our way. But God says, my way is not your way. And see, as long as you're stuck in your way, you can have it your way. Your way will be natural. Your way will be limited. Your way will never be enough. But God's ways are greater. Jesus said to Peter, what you thinking? He's thinking of raiding the coin box. You know what God's thinking? Go fishing. What in the world does fishing have to do with paying the taxes? That's God's ways. Go fish? Oh my goodness. 
You know, some people say it said the first fish you pull out. That means if he would just kept pulling the fish, the coins would just keep on coming, keep on coming, keep on coming. Yeah. But how many know if we're not open to fishing, we'll never get that supernatural supply. Verse 9. So we, we naturally don't think like God. We don't do the way things God does them. For as the heavens are higher than the earth. That's pretty pretty big difference. So are my ways higher in your ways, my thoughts and your thoughts. See, this is what Jesus is trying to say. Don't take thought. When you think your thoughts, they're so low, so limited. It cuts out the, the, the supernatural anointing button of God in them. And so God has thoughts and ways. And we got to be open to God's thoughts and God's ways. We, we need to think how God thinks about our needs. We need to think, like God thinks, what a supply really is is and especially if you're raised poor or raised um, in where it's been very very tight you're going to have to forsake certain thoughts all right let's take psalm 23 that beautiful beautiful psalm oh here here goody 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 Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, I shall not lack. And you, you go on, and the Bible says, my cup overfloweth. What's that mean? That God's provision and God's supply is so abundant, it overfills. That means more than enough. Our thoughts, God's thoughts. If I were to say, Pastor Scott, would you fill this with water? This is, this is, how, he, this is how he fills the glass. All right? And that's sufficient, right? That's our thoughts. This is full. I know there's some of you who know it's half empty. No, it's, it's a quarter empty. Well, you need to forsake your thoughts. Your thoughts are really limiting you. If you always think the negative. And that's true. This is our thoughts. When God looks at this, it's a uh-uh. That isn't full. And you know what God does? When God supplies and fills, and I'm not going to do it. <laughs> he just doesn't fill it to the top. He is not satisfied until it runs over. And keeps running over. And you know what he calls that cool? Look at that. <laughs> and he just keeps it coming, keep it coming. See, a lot of us, this is how we want to live. I got my bills paid. I put a little bit of count. And everything's taken care of. And I, I live this way. Just satisfied. That's fine. That's your thoughts. But you're limiting God. God wants to, not only that, oh, I have, I have money left over. Yeah, and money left over, 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 money left over. What am I going to do? And you start crying, what am I going to do with all of this? I don't know what to do. Then God's happy. 
Well, I just don't believe God wants that for me. Eh? You're thinking wrong. And because you're thinking wrong, you're believing wrong. And because you're believing wrong, you're receiving wrong. So you need to believe that God wants you to have more than enough. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm so glad we got a series. I'm not even one-tenth into my message here. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 19. That's why I'm so, so grateful to, to be able to pastor and to take it slowly. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. And my thoughts and ways are so much higher than yours. And so we need to think like God thinks about supply. Not like we think. Not like religion has taught us. Now, Matthew chapter 19. And verse 3. And the Pharisees came unto him, I mean, came to Jesus, tempting him, saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and said to them, Have you not read, He which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother to cleave unto his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. Therefore, there are no more two, but one flesh. What God has joined together, let no man put asunder. They, meaning the religious leaders, said to him, Moses, they said to him, Moses, okay, they said to him, why did Moses then command us to give a writing of divorcement and put her away? And he said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you to put away your wives from the beginning was not so. Now, pastor, here you're talking about God's thoughts and supply. What in the world does this passage have to do with it? Everything. And of course, here the religious folks, religious thinking, religious boxes, were, were, were asking Jesus about the subject of divorce. And Jesus tells them, why there is divorce. But he also tells them that's not God's thoughts. That's God, not God's ways. That was not God's plan for man. And so they are walking very limited in their own thoughts and their own ways. And G Jesus is trying to get them to forsake their thoughts and look at God's thoughts and God's ways. What God has to say about it. Alright? Of course it's talking uh, about divorce here. But we're going to see a key of how God thinks about everything. Especially when it comes to us. And so what is God's thoughts? Notice Jesus two times. In verse 4. He says about the beginning. Have you not read, He which made them at the beginning. What is that? That was Adam and Eve in the garden before the sin of man. So, Jesus saying, 
where divorce is and, and the way you think and the way you act about divorce, that's your thoughts, your ways, because of the, your hardness of heart. But God's thoughts and God's ways, you want to know what God thinks about something? How God does things? You've got to go to the beginning. You've got to go before the fall of man. Then notice this again in verse 8. Moses, because of your hardness heart, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. So, in the beginning, in Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, you will see God's thoughts and God's way and God's will for all of us. And uh, it's true about divorce, but it's true about everything. Because when God finished creation, He said, this is very good. That what God did in creation had God's approval. It was God's thoughts, God's ways, not limited by man's thoughts and man's ways. And man has drifted away as heaven is further from the earth, higher than man has drifted away from God's thoughts and God's ways. And so, Let's look at, and we're going to start here, and we'll have to pick it up next week. What God thinks about supply. How God wants to meet needs. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, I'm fixing to close. Of course, you know what that means. Genesis 1, 26. And God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. You know, we read that, so oh, that's very sweet, very kind, very nice. And we, why did God include the Genesis count? He wanted you to know his thoughts and his ways. His intention for man. First of all, we see this. When God recreated the earth, you understand he recreated in six days. It was already there on day one. We're not going to get into the theological study on that. But day one, the earth was already there. So the six days is actually the recreation and resurfacing of the earth. Six days, God meticulously creates earth. The water, the land, the trees, the plants, the animals, the fishes, and even the creepy things that creepeth on the earth. And here is a whole world filled and it said to the fish that was teeming with fish. I mean, everything, abundance. Then once it was fully supplied and prepared, then he puts man on it. That's how God thinks. The Bible says that God prepares everything before the foundation of the world. You know, God prepared everything you need, everything that you could want. He's already prepared even before God created the world. That's how God thinks. But when we think, oh my God, God, we got, God, God, look at this need. Oh, oh what are you going to do? 
I know it takes you by surprise. No. From the beginning of the world, he already created everything you could ever want and need more than enough. See, God didn't make man. and said, yeah, let's make man. Oh, my God. He's, he's going to need some place to live. And then, oh, here's earth. Uh, then, you know, man is, is, is dying. Oh, oh, he's going to need some food. Um, angels, go get him something. No. God fully supplies before he sends. That's how God thinks. That's why Jesus was never moved by needs. That wherever he went, there was always a supply. All he had to do is, God, what's your thought? Remember when they, when they needed a place for the Passover? I mean, they, they could have done this, they could have done that. And they said, Jesus, this is, you, you go into the marketplace and you're going to see a man dressed like this. You follow him. And once he goes in the house, you ask him, we have need of your room. And he'll give it to you. That was not natural. That was not pre-signed contracts. Evidently, Jesus had a vision and, and there was a supply. And Jesus knew wherever he went, there was a supply. Why? He thought like God did. In the, in the book of Genesis. God always makes the supply before the need. So God's thoughts are not your thoughts. Oh, oh, I, I, I better stop. But let's just read this, and we'll pick this up next week. Jesus said you have to look at the beginning if you want God's thoughts. You know, religion has taught us God doesn't want you to be wealthy. God doesn't want you to have anything. The poorer you are, the better you are. You know what that is? God's thoughts. I mean, man's thoughts. Religious thoughts. Here Jesus said of the Pharisees with the religious people that followed the law, you're missing God's thoughts on the area of divorce. And so many times we miss what God's thoughts are because of our religious upbringing, of what we're taught. Grandma never had enough. We, Daddy never had enough. And in my experience, I never have enough. And this, my life will never have enough. And wrong thinking. Look at this, verse 8. Hope I'm not boring you. And God planned a garden eastward in Eden. And he put man whom he had formed. And out of the ground God made to grow every tree that's pleasant to sight, good for food, and tree of life in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it parted and became four heads. And the first was Pison, and compassed the whole land of Havilah, where there's gold, and the gold of that land is good. There's a bedellium and the onyx stone. All right. We'll pick this up next week. God's thoughts and God's ways. Two people, man, woman. He fills the whole world with supply. Boom! That's good. But it wasn't good enough. It would have took man hundreds and hundreds of years just, just to experience everything God made going, going from country to country and seeing all the wonders that God made. Hundreds and, and everywhere. There'd be food. There, there'd be supply everywhere. But God said it wasn't good enough. And so what God does, he builds them a custom home. In all of this, it still isn't good. And he, he plants them a garden in Eden. What is that? It's a custom home. Well, you know, you, you shouldn't have too big of a house. 
That's what you think. Yeah. You you got to understand the reason why many people suffer is they think wrong. They think, well, you better not have too big of a house. You better not drive too too good of a car. That's your thinking. Yeah, and people choke. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's your choking point. That's your speed bump. You know, you know speed bumps at the airport? And there's a little bump. You're supposed to go over it. Some people never go over it. No, I better, God doesn't want me to have that. I might be lifted up in pride. You think wrong. God, God makes the whole earth. Here it is. That's good. But not good enough. I'm going to make him a custom built. I personally want to build him a garden. How did God design it? Verse 9. Every tree that's pleasant to the sight. God put things just for him to look at. It has no function. No use. You don't eat it. You just look at it. You know, some people collect things. They don't use it. They just collect, And they just look at it. God made stuff for them to have just to look at. Well, I just don't believe we should have stuff like that. And you think wrong, therefore you have wrong. Your thoughts are way lower than God's thoughts. <laughs> and it said this, everything's pleasant sight, it's good for food. He filled his pantry. He had the whole earth to eat up. He said, no, no, you, you got to have extra right in your own house. He didn't want him to have to go to Walmart every day to get it. Plenty. See, if Walmart's all the, stu- all the food, all of a sudden there isn't any, we should have plenty in our own pantry. It takes, takes weeks and months just for us to clear it out. Well, I just don't believe that. And see, you think wrong. You think wrong. It sometimes will take years to get your thinking straight out, straighten out in these areas. You know, you read about Israel. God's plan is you have so much you've got to throw out last year's stuff and make room for this year's stuff. That's called blessed of the Lord. And you know what we call it? Wasteful. And there's a tree of life in the midst of the garden, a tree of knowledge of good and evil. How many know that's something they couldn't touch, but of great value? Rare collectibles behind the glass. Don't touch that. Just look at it. It's valuable. It's rare. God put it in this house. Oh. Can you handle it? Verse 10. And the river went out of Eden watered the garden. Adam's house was by water. Do you know when you get taxed, you get taxed extra if you're by water. You ever look at the price of beach homes, beachfront? Even locally, if you can see the lake, they tax you. If you have a body of water, they will tax you because that increases in value. God says you've got to have a, your house has got to be by the water. Well, I don't believe that. I know you're choking, that's all right. Some of our thoughts need to be choked out. Jesus was always at the beach. Yes, the apostles, Peter, when he went to pray and have R&R, where did he go? Simon Tanner's house that was by the seaside. He had, a, he had an upper 
apartment lot where he could pray on the ceiling. And so it was up top, and he could view the ocean, the sea there. And this is where Peter had Arnarn to pray and seek God. Not some little cabin out in the woods where he had to go to the creek and get water and eat wild onions for sustenance. Ooh, I feel it. All right. I, I, I'm going to have to fix the clothes. Verse 11. The first name is Pison. These are the not only one body water, several bodies of water, what compasses the whole land of Havilah. Uh-oh. My goodness. Where there is gold. And the gold land is an abomination to God and it will turn you away from God and you should have nothing to do with it. And the gold land is good. God said, I put gold in your home. And that gold is good. And bdellium, I don't know what that is. But I'm sure it's costly. And the onyx stone, I know what that is. Adam has the whole world. And yet God says, I'm going to put gold. I'm going to, I'm going to put precious jewels in your home. What in the world will he have to do with gold? Precious, he has everything. God says, that's what I like. I mean, you can't eat gold. At this time, you can't trade gold. God says, do whatever you want with it. Look at it. Make pretty jewelry out of it. Give it to Eve. Pave walkways in your garden with it. It's there. That gold is good. Look at it. It's shiny. It's pretty. These stones, I like them. I put lots of them in. For what? For you. Well, I just don't think God wants me to have anything. Because you think wrong. You believe wrong. Jesus said, if you want to know God's thoughts and ways, look at the beginning. i got to stop there. Now, don't get me wrong. It, takes me, it took me 20 years to get some of my mind thinking out of this. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And he, even still... My thoughts are way down here about this. You know, when you get to heaven, and we're going to look at that next, next week. You know, in heaven, there's just like trailer parks and little cabins, you know, with slab boards put together. Uh-huh. No. No. Heaven is God's taste. Abundance, supernatural. You know, when we build houses, we go to Home Depot. God goes to Kirk's Jewelers. My thoughts are not your thoughts. And growing up in our precious Catholic Church, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, folks have prayed that had no idea what they're praying. Yeah. What's going on in heaven? God says, I want an earth. God made it in the earth, in the garden. But we've drifted in our thinking, our religious thoughts. And therefore, our lives are, are a mess and so far beneath what God has for us. But 
Man, I got to stop. I got to stop. It's Mother's Day. I got to stop for the love of God. Have mercy on these moms. <laughs> but I hope you appreciate, you rather have a preacher that's filled with the subject rather than someone just says a whole lot of stuff and you don't know what he's talking about and his heart is not in it. <laughs> Father, we thank you. We're called to these end days. And Father, we're so honored and privileged to, to be the generation that, that many of us believe will be ushering in the, the coming of the Lord Jesus. And there's a great work to be done. And Father, we're contending spiritually for it. But Father, you have a supply concerning our needs in this time. You, as we're talking about miracles for body parts, you want to do miracles in our lives. You want to bring supernatural supply. So, Father, help all of us with the series and our own personal life to embrace your thoughts. And, Father, we thank you for working each and every one of us in Jesus' name. With heads bowed and eyes closed, here we talked about the thoughts of God. All of us probably can answer and answer call and say, man, I've been thinking wrong. I've been believing wrong. I'd, I'd be right up there with you. But I'm talking, I, I want to give an invitation. Maybe you're here and you, you've never known Jesus. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And we, we thought that was just spiritual things, but it's natural things as well. All of us, when we get to heaven, are going to be simply amazed. And the only remorse we'll have, we said we could have had so much more on the earth if we would just thought right about it. But in order to get into the fullness and the blessings of heaven, you have to be His child. God lavishes upon His children. God cares for His children. And how do you become His child? You, you, you become His child by being born again. Jesus said, unless you're born again, you'll not see the kingdom of God. See, going to church and keep Ten Commandments won't make you born again. Because we've all sinned come short of the glory of God. If you sin once, that sin will keep you out of heaven. There's no natural remedy for sin. Only the precious blood of Jesus. And that's why we need the Savior. We need a champion. And his, our champion's name is Jesus. And if you're here, you never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Go ahead and raise your hand. Anybody here? Raise your hand. I know we're mostly home folks here. But we want to make sure, especially if those of you online, I can't see your hand. But God can. Go ahead and raise it. Because your life is about to change. I'm going to give one more invitation. Maybe you're here you have been born again. You know you're born again. But you're, you're what we call a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter. You're, you're backslidden. You're away from God. And you know it. Your heart knows it. And here you heard about how God wants to do exceedingly above all you ask or think and wants to take good care of you. But for the order that to happen, you've got, got to come back to God. You've got to get in fellowship with Him. And if that's you and say, I, this morning I want to come back to God. I'm back so now I want to come back. Go ahead and raise your hand. Anybody here? Anybody here? For those of you watching online, go ahead and raise your hand. I can't see it, but God can. And if you raise your hand on any account, Right where you're at, you, you, you can call on God. How do you call on God? You, you simply say, God, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe he died for me and rose again from the dead. I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name.